go with Negracia. This is the Rorschach, Georgia update from the 3rd of August, 2023. Quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. We'll start this week with protests in Batumi. On Thursday the 27th, citizens staged a four-day protest against the Russian cruise ship Astoria Grande, which docked at the Black Sea port in Batumi. Citizens protested against the derogatory and anti-Georgian comments made by Russian tourists of the ship who had visited Batumi. Prior to the rally, the tourists had spoken to the media, and one of them said that he had visited Abkhazia, violating Georgian anti-occupation legislation. All of the Russian tourists interviewed denied that Russia was an occupier. One of them even went so far as to say, everywhere is the Soviet Union. We are all one united country. President Salome Zurabashvili welcomed the peaceful protests at the port of Batumi, while Irakli Kobachidze, chairman of the ruling party Georgian Dream, or Otsneba, and designated buzzkill for the party, described the protests as boorish, hilariously. As you might have already guessed, the main slogan of the protesters was, Russian ship, go fuck yourself. More on the Russian presence in Georgia on Friday the 28th, Transparency International Georgia released information on Russian companies' business activities since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. According to the report, Russian citizens registered a whopping 21,300 companies in Georgia in the last 17 months. The National Statistics Office of Georgia has only identified the fields of operation of a mere 1,700 of those. So the information we have about what they're involved in is only for 8% of those companies registered by Russians. Of these, 82% are in the field of information technology, 5% in design and advertising, 4% in education, arts, and entertainment, 3% are in trade and production, and the remaining 5% operate in various other service industries. For the remaining 92%, The National Statistics Office has no idea what they're involved in. Moving on to international news. On Monday, the 28th, Prime Minister Yadakli Kharabashvili traveled to China and met with President Xi Jinping. Purpose of the meeting was to strengthen cooperation between the two countries. And we all know what that means. Kharabashvili thanked President Xi Jinping for the Belt and Road Global Initiative. Project China launched to connect Asia with Africa and Europe via land and maritime networks. And to build its own network, by the way. It also said that one of the government's top priorities was to improve Georgia's transit role by connecting the country to its European neighbors through new and existing high-capacity fiber optic lines and to promote digital connectivity between Europe and Asia. All this means Georgia is looking for money for infrastructure projects. China loves those and has money. Win-win. All that is why Georgia and China signed the strategic partnership deal on political, economic, people-to-people relations and cultural and international cooperation domain. Speaking of Georgia's transit role, on Tuesday the 1st, Prime Minister Karabashvili visited Kazakhstan and met with his Kazakh counterpart, Ali Khan Smailov. They highlighted the importance of further developing the Middle Corridor, also known as the Trans-Caspian International Transport Route, which connects Central Asia and Europe via the South Caucasus. Volume of cargo transported that passes through the route has increased by 77% over the past six months and reached 1.3 million tons. We have updates on Georgia's implementation of the 12 EU recommendations. Short version, no progress. On Monday the 31st, Open Society Georgia Foundation and eight civil society organizations assessed Georgia's progress in meeting the 12 EU recommendations required for getting EU candidate status. As we already know, Georgia has fully implemented one, the Proactive Consideration of the European Court of Human Rights, or ECHR, judgments. It almost fulfilled two requirements, and it only partly implemented seven. Finally, Georgia has not implemented two crucial requirements, 
de-oligarchization, and political depolarization. More on human rights. On Monday the 31st, the EU released its annual report called Human Rights and Democracy in the World, focusing on the human rights situation in different countries. The report recognized Georgia's human rights framework as solid with legislation and policies that align with European standards. However, there is still significant scope for improvement in areas such as the electoral system, public administration, gender equality, children's rights, and the rights of people with disabilities. The report emphasized the need for continued efforts in areas such as judicial reform, anti-corruption, strengthening of the independence of state institutions. Additionally, the report highlighted troubling human rights situation in the occupied regions of Abkhazia and South Ossetia. Georgia can achieve candidate status once it has addressed the priorities related to the rule of law, democratic principles, human rights obligations, which it has not yet. Moving on to report on Georgia's investment climate, on Thursday the 27th, the U.S. State Department issued a report on Georgia's investment climate, which gave an overall positive assessment, but also raised concerns about some areas that need improvement. While the report praised the regulatory framework and legislation related to business trade and investment, it questioned the judiciary's ability to handle commercial cases independently and competently. Moreover, the report identified inefficient municipal-level decision-making, poor enforcement of intellectual property rights, and inadequate antitrust policies. Despite these challenges, Georgia is still an excellent place to do business in the region, meaning compared to neighbors, and the report recognized the government's efforts to tackle some of these issues. The report also mentions that the U.S. State Department said four judges had been engaged in significant corruption and banned them and their immediate family members from entering the United States. More on Georgia-U.S. relations. Friday the 28th, the U.S. Senate approved Robin Dunnigan's appointment as a new U.S. ambassador to Georgia through a voice vote. She will take over from Kelly Degnan, who has served in Georgia since 2020. Dunnigan previously held the position of Deputy Assistant Secretary for Central and Eastern Europe in the Bureau of European and Eurasian Affairs, but her term expired in June 2023. She's also served as DCM, or Charge Affairs, and Deputy Chief of Mission, DCM, at the U.S. Embassy in Austria from July 2018 to July 2021. Moving on to tech, on Monday the 31st, Selfie Mobile, a Georgian mobile operator formerly known as Beeline, a Russian mobile company, came the sole provider of 5G technology in Georgia as they were the only participant in the auction. Despite requests from Magticom and SilkNet, the country's leading mobile operators, for an auction without a mobile virtual network operator, or MVNO, obligation, they did not participate in the auction because it was not given by the government. Magdicom said that the Communications Commission violated the principle of technological neutrality by forcing them to acquire frequencies for the 5G network with the MVNO obligation to participate in the tender. They're calling for a business-like approach from the commission and expressing frustration with the delay in introducing new technology. What everybody believes is that the Russian government told the government of Georgia to do this so that a Russian company would win this tender as the only competitor. We end this week with some art news. On Thursday, the 27th, Tbilisi Shalva Amiranishvili Museum of Fine Art launched the first state laboratory for the examination of artwork in the South Caucasus. The modern lab, named after Ilakli Pargiani, 20th century Georgian artist, is a collaborative effort between the Culture Ministry and Foundation in honor of the late artist. The ministry said the facility 
would conduct complex expert research on artwork, establishing its authenticity with advanced hardware, including an infrared spectroscope, electronic and optical microscopes, UV fluorescent devices, X-ray hardware, and chemical laboratory and a 3D scanner. Also, trained art critics, chemical restoration experts, and X-ray professionals will collect microscopic samples from paintings of many artists like Nico Pirasmani, one of the most famous Georgian artists, to create a technological database required for the lab's operation. And that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Want to know more about us, meaning Rorschach? Head over to our rep website, the link in our show notes over there. You can check out how to connect with us and support us. Not fun, please.